Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Carlos. Joining me as always is Avery. What's up? Greg. Go Utes. And Matthew Bertson. I'm delirious. This is very new. I'm very confused. (laughs) (laughs) This is our basketball episode coming out most Tuesday mornings, but as you can see, we recorded this one on Tuesday night because we had Pac-12 basketball opening night, all 12 teams in action. Uh, Let me run through the results very quickly. Uh, Washington State beat Alcorn State 85 to 67. Cal lost to UC San Diego 80 to 67. Arizona State beat Portland 76 60. Oregon beat Texas Southern 83 66. Utah beat Abilene Christian 70 to 56. USC beat Cal State Northridge 89 to 49. Colorado beat Montana State in overtime 94 90. Stanford beat Tarleton State 62 50. Washington fell to the other Huskies, the directional Huskies, Northern Illinois. Uh, they, uh, no, 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 no. Washington does not get premier Husky brand. <laughs> and true, and yeah. I use not the other Huskies. They are the Huskies at this point. Uh, Oregon State beat Portland State 73-64. Arizona beat Northern, Northern Arizona 81-52. And our final game of the evening, UCLA beat Bakersfield 95-58. to uh, Instead of going game by game, like we would during football. We're just going to ask a few questions about the slate, um, about what you kids saw, um, and we can sort of use that to talk about specific teams and players. Uh, So my first question here, of these 12 games, who or what surprised you the most? Uh, It could be a player, it could be a team, it could be a coach, it could be whatever, Um, and it could be a good surprise or a bad surprise. So was there anything or anyone that surprised you, Matt, back to a basketball expert, Matt? Yeah, obviously. So I'm going to talk about non on court stuff. Genuinely surprised that nothing broke on the Pac 12 networks. I'm not going to say that it was actually the best product that ever happened. I'm not going to say that all the cameras looked amazing, but I am definitely going to say that I didn't get kicked out of like my streams a single time. Genuinely impressed and surprised that nothing broke today with how many simultaneous games were going on at the same time and with. The fact that they were all on the Pac-12 network, so you know the only way that anybody was watching any of these games was by coming to that one spot. So genuinely surprised that nothing broke there, and it wasn't an absolute shit show from the broadcast standpoint. Camera quality was good. Um, I thought some of the analysts who I had never heard before, like uh, Eldridge something, I can't remember what his last name was. He called the Washington State game. Very fun to listen to. Um, Yeah, production was pretty good. Um, I, I, I felt I was impressed by it. Um, I, anyone else have any other like non-basketball related things they were pleasantly or <laughs> negatively surprised by? I was, uh, I didn't know that Washington state, maybe I just didn't pay attention before. I wasn't, I didn't know that Washington state's, uh, court had a skyline in like in the shadow. I'm yeah, not sure. Why if... is everybody doing the shaded feet? Like we talked about thing. this in our last episode. Did we? When we were talking about arenas, when we were making fun of, um, organs, Oregon court we are like naming all the arenas with like shadows like half the, the arenas have and i'm this pretty now, sure right? greg said he liked the skyline on wazoo i like, didn't know wazoo had a skyline what so i, I thought we had this conversation that. pretty sure we, we didn't don't listen well, to greg so, so it's it's oregon wazoo colorado 
Yes. Am I, am I missing anyone? I think that's the I, only I three. swear to God, Cal has had like a full like grizzly bear. They on used there. to, they but do, now yeah. they just have their script. Right. Yeah. But that yeah, I finally did see. Yes. They've had, Wazoo's had that on their court. Was I the only one that knew this? They've had this on their court for like it looks seasons. like a, it looks like a um a rendering out of the Jetsons. It looks a little like bit. The Jetsons <laughs> it kind of made does. like a made like a Seattle skyline. What, what's funny is that yeah, it's a Seattle skyline. Seattle six hours away and have like the Wazoo letters over the yeah. Space Needle. Like very funny. <laughs> Would very be even funny. funnier if they did a Pullman skyline though. That <laughs> just the rolling hills, just the yeah. palouse, like, uh, <laughs> a few squares in there. <laughs> yeah. Very funny. Um, yeah, in terms of the basketball itself, I was actually surprised by how much talent Washington State had. Uh, I watched, this was the first game of the slate. They had a lot of dudes, and a lot of them were just extremely big. They have three. Yeah, they're long. They have three huge guys, um, and two of them are, like, really skilled. Um, I was really impressed with their center. It's like this 6'11 guy, Mohammed uh, Gay. Spelled G E U Y E. Is that uh, how you pronounce it? Yes. Um, so Muhammad Gay, and he was—I mean, he's this like six eleven towering dude, but like is so nimble and moves really well, and has a really good shot. Um, at one point, he had this like beautiful sort of uh, you know kind of backing down in the post and turnaround fadeaway jumper that just looked like he was six one making that. I think I posted a video of that. Um, that was beautiful, and and Efe uh, Abigidi also. I was gonna ha- mention him. He's yeah, he's really he good. he's good. He's also good. Six ten, like he's six. He's also huge, six ten, but like moves like a guard. Mm-hmm. So Washington and Tyrell Roberts, their transfer from UC San Diego, their point guard was zipping around out there. He was playing within himself, but also still very aggressive. They look pretty. Um, they look pretty athletic and talented. Um, I know that they kind of did struggle with Alcorn State, uh, particularly in the first half, but kind of turned it on in the second half. They're going to be interesting. They have a lot of size, and I feel like size goes a long way, especially if they've got a good point guard there in Tyrell mm-hmm. Roberts. Um, that, I, was surpri- I was surprised by how much talent they had. Um, yeah, those those guys need to figure out how to stay vertical or they're going to play 11 minutes a game. But um, yeah. otherwise, like, yeah, very long. Right. Avery, do you have something? Yeah, I was actually going to talk about Washington State, so I'm a little annoyed that you Sorry. brought them up. They started out really slow, <laughs> Get his ass. and they really got their shit together towards the end. So I think Kyle Smith is one of the best coaches in this conference because Pullman is not an easy place to recruit, and there's a lot of young talent. Um, I'm really disappointed in Colorado. They went to overtime with Montana State and narrowly won. Like I think most of the second half, or like, the first 10 minutes of the second half they were behind and they came back and tied it and went to overtime and a lot of people think that Colorado is a bubble team and maybe they'll get their shit together but just from how they played today I don't think that's gonna happen Mm -hmm. they look really bad on defense especially and this isn't really a league where you want to be bad on defense so I feel vindicated in saying that they're not a top seven team in this conference, like I've been saying this whole time. Um, I hope they turn it around, but sorry, Tad Boyle. He had some good freakouts during that game, though. They showed him a lot. Like, that's my favorite thing about basketball is I feel like they always are showing the coach have a complete meltdown, Where whereas in other sports, they, like, turn the camera away a lot of the time. But The they'll, meltdowns... Like, mm-hmm. They'll like zoom in on that shit. It's awesome. 
the meltdowns are way worse, I feel like, in college basketball. Like, yeah. way worse. They're constantly yelling. It's insane. It feels like the basketball head coaches have all of the, like, emotional and inability to control themselves on camera of, like, the football uh, strength and conditioning guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, yes. Um, yeah, just about that game. Jabari Walker, I thought he was supposed to be the breakout. This is supposed to be his breakout year. This was going to be the guy that was one of the best players in the league. He kind of disappeared for a long stretch of this of this game. Didn't have a super loud. I mean, his stat his his stat line looked fine. Fourteen points, eight rebounds, three assists, assists off uh, four for eight shooting and two for four from three, but largely just non impactful. I think, um, which is wildly disappointing because Jabari Parker was supposed to have a big year. Greg, what was surprising for you? Uh, Arizona State is giving me whiplash. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Hurley talked about this team being different from normal Arizona State. Well, normal Bobby Hurley Arizona State teams, like they're going to be defensive focused and led by the front court this year. But it was Bobby Hurley saying that, and so I figured that's bullshit. That's never going to happen while he coaches a basketball team. And yet, that's what happened. Like Arizona State looks like they're going to be a gritty defensive team led by their front court, and they might even be shaky at guard. And it's just like wild to think about but honestly i think it might be like good for them because uh like i think bobby hurley is flawed in a lot of ways as a coach but i do really think he can coach an offense and so if offense is going to be their problem like if offense is going to be their problem, I think that bodes well for them going forward because I have faith in him to fix that. Whereas if they had defensive issues, I don't have any faith in him to fix those. So yeah. I'm like, that that also feels like the ideal scenario though for a Bobby Hurley crime commi- crime committal though. Like mm-hmm. the, he he might actually lose it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think the guards on that team need to have personal protection at all times because you never know when Bobby might start throwing things pull a jimmy lake yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, no i yeah i uh i noticed that exact same thing um i thought that their front court looked much better than their backcourt did i actually was kind of to the point where i was a little concerned like is that backcourt gonna be able to do anything this year um i was just i was really impressed with their size and length um and uh, I was very impressed and intrigued by Alonzo Gaffney, their big man. Mm. He was very, he was also very quick and hitting shots from the outside. Also a big guy, six nine, six eight, I think. Um, yeah, so I think they looked pretty ugly in the first half. I still think they're kind of unorganized on o- offense. Um, I don't love their guard play, but Marcus Bagley uh, looked awesome. He was really good. Um, their their kind of wing forward, um, power forward combo. Um, yeah, I think Arizona State good. One other team I'll throw there in terms of actually two teams that I'll term that and they kind of go together for me. Uh, they're surprising slash disappointing. Very surprised by Utah. I kind of thought if Utah if there was going to be one Pac-12 team that was going to lose today against their mid-major opponent, I thought it was going to be Utah just because of the quality of their opponent. Oh, how could we forget UW and Cal? <laughs> How'd yes. that go? How'd that <laughs> yes. go? Yes, and so, uh, you know, coming into this game, Abilene Christian was actually the highest-rated team in Kempom that Pac-12 was playing today. So I thought, you know, new roster, uh, you know, new coach. It's going to take a while to get things set up. Ah, Utah kind of came in. Uh, they did not have a. Cl- they did not have a good looking game. <laughs> that offense is brutal to watch. Uh, but their 
but their defense is good. Um, they're really they're they're really great at rebounding and crashing the boards. On the other hand, uh, Cal had one of the worst teams in Ken Palm. I think uh, UC San Diego and UC San Diego blew them out. Um, so I'm also shocked by just. I mean, we knew Cal and Washington were going to be bad. These are two bad teams. Northern Illinois is not as bad as UC San Diego is. UC San Diego is not even a contender in their own conference in the Big yeah, West. They're barely a D1 school. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, and Cal just, they had a big lead up. Uh, UCSD kind of cut it in, uh, you know, by halftime and then outscored Cal by 17 points in the second half. So simultaneously disappointed by Cal and really surprised by Utah. Anyone have anything to add about Utah? I know that you, I know a couple of y'all were watching Utah pretty closely. Really good defense, fun defense to watch. I don't know what's going on in the offense. It's excruciating. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the football blueprint. I'm very <laughs> excited to to hear about Utah winning the South this year in basketball. That's going to be great. Craig Smith has been listening to Coach Whittingham. Yeah, uh, Rolly Worcester is that is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I thought it was he pronounced Wooster, but I don't Worcester. know. Worcester, 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 Worcester. It's not Worcester. It's like Worcester. Raleigh Worcester. Uh, I thought he played. I thought he played pretty good stir today. Um, he was nice. <laughs> David Jenkins Jr. is also a lot of fun. He's to gonna watch. be fun to watch. Yeah, he's gonna be like the main source of offense this season, but it'll be fine. I'm sure yep. he'll be okay. I'm sure he'll be, <laughs> sure be, be great watching him get shots up. Uh, anyone? Anyone? Anything else? Anyone else surprise you tonight? Um, I didn't have a horrible time. Oh That's yeah, surprising. it wasn't it wasn't miserable tonight. Yeah, it I only like gets better some, from here. Yeah, I felt like there were some mm-hmm. fun games. Um, for it being a bunch of blowouts, you know, there's some, you know, even just watching some of the teams get run, um, and the Pac-12 kind of smashing their teams. I thought, yeah, like this was fine. Um, I was having fun with it. Um, I will not, say really quickly mm-hmm. that Oregon State was a little bit disappointed. <laughs> to watch yes they, they struggled with portland state they almost lost to portland state they just couldn't get any offense going either which was really upsetting to watch jared lucas didn't really do much in this game towards the end they really picked it up on offense though when they like eventually took the lead but well i, ex- they, they I used expect up more. All, they used up all their momentum for the football team they've they've got a they're building from zero right now they they got to get all their own momentum got to recharge so. for the tournament yeah yeah that's right that's right. Um, yeah, not really. Not other than that, wasn't really surprised. Uh, UCLA looked awesome. UC- USC looked really good. Arizona looked awesome against Northern Arizona. Um, Oregon kind of struggled a little bit with Texas Southern, but in the end, started to pull away. So, yeah. So let's move on to our next uh, topic here. Let's do a little bit of overreacting with a little game we like to call. It's just one game, but let's start with Avery here. It's just one game. But um, Utah's gonna finish in the top half of the Pac-12. Wow! I, I have <laughs> <laughs> talk about overreaction. Whoa! Um, I their biggest issues are sloppy play, in my opinion. You know, they had a lot of turnovers. They had some poor shooting. I know this team can be good at shooting if they get going. They just need to be able to set up an offense, and I think a lot of that has to do with their cohesion and chemistry. You know, there are a lot of new guys under a new coach. They haven't really settled into playing. Um, But I think by the time conference play rolls around, they'll have figured out a lot of the sloppiness with turnovers and actually be running an offense that allows their shooters to be shooting. And I think I've seen the bottom 
part of the conference, and I feel very confident that Utah is not <laughs> down there. So I think they can do some damage. Um, they're not going to stampede the conference, but they're they're definitely going to be in there. So They're going to be, like, really annoying to play against. Yeah, especially when in yeah, Salt Raleigh Lake. out there just hounding opposing point guards, even if, you know, they struggle to score. They're just going to be miserable to play against. Yeah, and- I want I want to know if anybody is going to end with a worse offense. I don't I don't think that it's a it's a crazy take that they may be top half, but will will anybody have a worse offense than them? Yes, Cal and Washington will have worse offenses than them. <laughs> like I don't <laughs> I feel good, especially feel, Washington. Yeah, I feel very <laughs> strongly about that from watching them play. I was not impressed. I think Stanford is going to be actually not great on offense this year either. Yeah. So. Yeah. They were bad. Um, they, they, were, a, they were not good. They had a brutal game. Shot forty-two percent from the field, twenty-eight percent from three. Trailed Tarleton. Uh, Tarleton. Are they even Tarleton State? Yeah, Tarleton State. I don't even know their name. Uh, <laughs> they trailed Tarleton State at halftime. Did kind of pull away in the end, but yeah, they were brutal. Um, they were fifteen-point favorites in that game, and they didn't didn't look it. Uh, Greg, what about you? It's just one game, but um, like. I don't know if this is much. I have two. One of them is Carlos. I think your uh, your take of eight teams are getting into the tourney. I I don't I don't love that take. I think I don't, it's a lot I don't, worse. I don't either. This. I don't either anymore. It's a bad it take. T- took one day for me to be like, fuck. I wish I took that one back. <laughs> don't think there were eight tourney looking teams out there. Uh, another one though is it's just one game, but I'd be surprised at this point. If Wazoo doesn't make it, because they just they look really awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to watch them. Yeah, I want to see them against some of the better teams. Matt, what about you? It's just one game, but uh, I don't think I'm gonna end up being a football only version of this podcast. Oh my uh, goodness! Wow. Oh, I think we're gonna make He's it. turning. He's I think, turning. I think we're really gonna make it, guys. <laughs> yeah, for me, my uh, my overreaction. I've got uh, really about two teams. My overreaction is just one game, but this is UCLA's and USC's conference to lose. Um, you see, I'm throwing USC the ducks in there. Are gonna be pissed. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be so mad. I didn't think they looked great against Texas Southern, but again, I get it. Uh, this is what Dana Altman does. I just thought that, uh, first of all, USC blowing the shit out of uh, Cal State Northridge the way that they did now. Granted, none of these teams are good. We I don't know how much you can take away from any of these games just because of the quality of the opponent, except for Cal and Washington. I think we can take away that they're bad. <laughs> Let's never mm-hmm. trust them. Um, <laughs> but, you, you know, it's just uh, it was every, I think every single team, for the most part, struggled and kind of. I think it was getting a lot of their game one rust out, uh, getting getting their game one jitters out, except USC and UCLA. USC came in and blitzed CSU Northridge. Boogie Ellis looked awesome. Uh, Their transfer guard from Memphis, he looked really good. Uh, Isaiah Mobley also looked awesome. Thought that he was really impressive in the minutes that he had. Um, I kind of thought Ethan Anderson was going to be a bit more impactful, but he, he had a really quiet night. Drew, Pe- Drew Peterson, another player that they have, USC does, um, that looked really good. So that's that's that might, you know, just the way that USC was locked in early is promising. 
And then UCLA, I think UCLA being locked in defensively and looking the way that they did, um, you know, we kind of, I already kind of got to see them against Chico State, so I knew how long they were, but it's just, it's incredible how lengthy that team is from top to bottom, except for Tiger Tiger Campbell, Tiger Campbell's a, he's a short king, I mean, short king, he's an inch taller than I am, Um, does not have like a huge wingspan, but uh, Miles Johnson, their center, uh, you know, Peyton Watson is a freak. Um, so He's so good. Yeah. I was very surprised at how hard they played. They played very hard. Um, they were, and you know, they were bought in and ready to just, and this is, it's a departure for UCLA basketball teams to kind of look lethargic in their season opener. And they didn't look lethargic for the first five minutes, but after that, they turned up, they turned up the gas, um, and put this game away pretty early. One little note, uh, who knows how serious this is is pretty unlucky cody riley did go down um kind of he ended up walking off under his own power but um but you know that's sort of we'll see uh i think ucla has enough depth i think to withstand a cody riley injury um maybe not at the center position part in particular they have some guys who can kind of rotate in there but um yeah, they look really impressive. Jalen Clark, their backup guard, mm-hmm. looked also awesome in the minutes that he was coming in. They're gonna be a, they're gonna be a, they're gonna be a, they're gonna be really fucking hard to play against defensively, and offensively they have all kinds of talent. They can really just let Johnny Juzang and Jaime Hawkes do whatever they want. Um, but they have other guys who can contribute, and Tiger Campbell's becoming more of a threat from three. So, gonna be interesting. As you were saying with like UCLA's length, like Tiger might be short and. Uh not incredibly lengthy but uh when you put him against guys his size when you put him against point guards he's a very good point guard defender yeah. you know yeah he's very so, active yeah I, I i think ucla is a very good team yeah anyone else high having... praise from greg <laughs> that's right <laughs> anyone uh anyone else they call the good plays anyone else yes, have any uh, uh re- overreactions okay um all right, let, well, let's get on to our next segment. We're going to move here quickly because we're recording this late at night and some of us got to get to bed. Uh, we're going to call this next segment Questions from a Casual. Matt is our Pac-12 basketball casual joining us uh, as we continue on from the football season. And we understand they have a few questions, Matt, for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to learn. Okay, my goal here is to, edu- is to educate myself. Um, I don't really care about anybody else. So, um... I am going to try to come up with these questions as much as possible, but I, so especially watching this, this today, I almost said this week, cause I'm still not even out of the football mind where everything is on a week to week basis. Um, in football, it is good to have, I am a firm believer and that it is, it is very good to have some seller dwellers in your conference so that you can inflate everybody's records to get to the top of the conference. Now, my understanding is that a lot of the tournament decisions come down to like net rankings and your certain quadrant wins or whatever. Is that actually just a really bad thing for the conference where this really does become a big back the pack situation in the preseason and, and non-conference or, or how does that part of it work? Uh, looking at you, Washington and Cal. I think strength of schedule matters a lot more in basketball than it does in football. Yeah. I mean, I think just because of the huge range, you know, there's so many more teams in college basketball. It literally, the field literally triples. Um, 
And so it tends to be better if your team, if the lower part of your team can beat <laughs> UC San Diego <laughs> and Northern Illinois, that tends to be very helpful. Um, and it will obviously be more devastating for the conference if Washington and Cal figure their stuff out in conference rather than out of conference. Uh, because those go down as, you know, for people, I mean, I assume everyone who's listening to this knows some, knows some stuff about college basketball, but you know, if you're just trying to learn okay, and see, <laughs> and you're just trying to see, you know, those, those, uh, those losses, you know, they, they break them out, the net rankings into quads, quad one, quad two, quad three, and quad four, basically they're tiers. Um, Washington and Cal will probably be quad four teams. And if those te- those teams get, uh, upset wins against, you know, people who are maybe teams that are on the bubble, like Colorado, um, maybe uh, maybe an Arizona State, then it really ruins their chances because those those losses will come up in discussions about whether Arizona State or um, uh, Colorado, you know, are deserving of a tournament spot of, a, you know, even a first four spot. Um, what's your next question here? Uh, the rest of these are, are going to be really based around the Colorado game because that was actually entertaining to watch <laughs> and I was pretty locked in. Um, can we talk about the whole suit and tie thing at basketball? I don't understand why. Like, what what are we doing here? The suit and tie thing feels like a. It feels like it's. I mean, I feel like that's basketball wide. It's not even just college yeah. basketball. It's yeah, the NBA no, too. Cool. Your players are in literal gym shorts <laughs> that don't even have pockets. They're not even pockets. Okay, you can't even put like keys or something in here, and a tank top. Like why? What are we doing here in a suit and tie? What it's are we fun, trying to make this it's into? It's fun to talk about the suits and ties, Matt. Sometimes the ninth thing about college basketball. I don't know about this. They. I don't, I don't hear this discourse in the NBA. Only in college basketball, where we have discourses about like how good dudes look in suits. Like Mick Cronin is considered like one of the best dressers in college basketball because yeah, he wears he's not suits a that, 60 year old shopping at mr mac yeah he like, wears what the hell? he wears like fitted suits that fit him really well and other coaches uh in the conference and around the country get lambasted the for their coach, suits especially they look be- like crap because they're baggy and just loose <laughs> and they don't fit them well so I yeah. think college basketball coaches just like to look like but, mafia dons so <laughs> yeah they've got like, like, fits them yeah, like why? You're just yelling. It's true. You're not. What? What? What about like professional? Because they're indoors. So they actually got rid of the rule where you had to wear a suit and tie um, this year after because the COVID year you didn't have to do that um, for some reason. I didn't I even know that was a rule. Yeah, that was a rule. You had to mm-hmm. be in a suit and tie. They actually lifted that in college basketball. I think they lifted that in the NBA too. If I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty yeah, sure they, they did. did. Um, Quinn Snyder they, never wears a suit. Yeah, now he doesn't. Um, but uh yeah so now you don't have to do that but some coaches like mick cronin he's opting in for suits he's all in on the suits he knows he looks fucking good in them um so yeah that's what i don't know why they do it i don't know why they had that as a rule but coaches loved it um clearly and some of them are just like no i hated that and they're gonna be back in their polos and their uh you know t-shirts and stuff yeah abilene christian their staff was all wearing like purple sweatsuits i thought that was nice they looked very good out there What's your next question, Matt? Yeah, it's, I, I just don't get it. It's extremely dumb. Uh, <laughs> next question, that, and this is less of a question, more of just, I, I, I need to rant. Um, we talked to friend of the program at Desmond underscore Burner about uh, the Ralphie situation at the University of Colorado. Did y'all know that Ralphie is a football-only thing at that school? Yeah, Ralphie's the actual animal. I'm aware. <laughs> I mean, they're not throwing... It would be kind of hard to bring her inside. Yeah. Absurd. Figure it out. Are you kidding me? Get a baby Have buffalo. Have a brand. 
Yeah, get a bait, one of their one of their children buffaloes. I'm desperate for Ralphie to tear up a hardwood. Yes, you can, Greg. Shut up. Put in special this, carpeting for it. I think of care. the tantrum Peta would throw. I agree I, with Matt. You know how many times I've seen like a little a freaking dog like in little booties running around. You're telling me we can't get something like that on Ralphie to protect the hardwood? <laughs> Start yeah, her when she's point. young. Good she's point. a baby right now. That's a good Seriously. idea. Seriously. How how big do how big do buffalo come out when they're when they're babies? <laughs> they're like 100 200 pounds. Holy shit. Oh I, of course you know that. I think right now <laughs> <laughs> I think right now Ralphie's like I think they said she's like 400 pounds. Jesus. <laughs> that is How invested are you in like the actual agriculture happening here with Ralphie actually? Um, I like don't... how <laughs> I... How much are you reading about her life right now? I'm not. I just hear like them say it one time and I commit it to memory for some uh. reason. <laughs> I, I don't I know why you're, I like farming buffaloes. I wish. <laughs> I would love to They are they are around 70 pounds at birth. So. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Can't really have one of those things running around, I guess. Why not? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm, because they're seventy pounds. Uh, <laughs> um, imagine a seventy-pound baby like just being terrified. Poor that's thing. just a, um, that's just a large dog. Like most adult uh, huskies are okay. around seventy pounds. Yeah, that's fair. Gosh, you're so confident talking about <laughs> this stuff. That freaks me out. It's so weird. Um, um, next question. Um, all right, yeah. Let, final question. This is actually kind of a real one. How? Uh, Obviously, in football, we know a lot about certain teams' cultures and certain programs' cultures, and even from coach to coach, a lot of the culture can like pass through. How much of that passes from like I can take some of the football culture that exists and apply it to their basketball team, a la Utah not having an offense and being an extremely good defensive team, or Colorado being generally frauds at all times, whether or not they are good or bad. I mean, I think there's a, I think there's like some, sometimes there are regional styles of basketball, but not really to the extent that there is in football. I feel like for the past few years, big, the Big Ten has had a very particular style of basketball where I think they did play more of a grind out sort of like style of play. Similar to their football team. Get yeah. very large men, put them at center, give them the <laughs> yeah. ball in the post and let them work. Yeah, there's some of that going on. I think the Northeast, um... You know, it well. It's very interesting. The Northeast in in basketball, it's flipped, right? The Northeast are where a lot of the college basketball powers are, and the Southeast, there aren't as many college basketball powers all in the Northeast. Um, You know, they tend to, you know, those guys tend to come from New York, and they tend to have a lot more talent. Um, I don't know that there's like a regional distinction there. So I I don't think it's just that the states aren't big enough for football fields, so they have basketball courts instead. That's that's actually probably true. so yeah, I mean, there's that, but some programs do have like program identities that I don't know. Do they carry over? I don't even think they carry over that much. Like, I just it was weird to see UCLA play hard, like the whole <laughs> game against a crap team. Like that's not. I don't associate that like behavior with those colors. It was really weird. You need I to mean... watch more <laughs> women's gymnastics. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Completely flips your idea of what. Uh... I mean... Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, any other questions? No, that's it. All right. Well, uh, if anyone else has any questions, maybe uh, even even out there, if you're listening to this and you have questions, you're a casual, you're trying to understand, maybe you're one of the few people that are really invested in football, but this is the year you're going to try <laughs> to be in, into basketball and you have some questions for us. 
uh we're here to educate and i you know i know this is a, a bit that uh that um one of the pot famous college football podcasts do about being the only college football podcast on the internet um we're actually probably the only pac-12 basketball podcast so we're your only source when it comes to pac-12 basketball stuff sorry monopoly let's go we, we have the monopoly let's go baby yeah. unbiased pac-12 national journalist next we start pac-12 <laughs> baseball podcast here we go corner uh, the market I think we're just going to do softball. <laughs> Softball's way better. Way better. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> All right. So let's move on. Let's do some game picks. Familiar sound in this basketball episode. We're going to do picks a little bit differently for basketball. Instead of picking every single game, because that's exhausting and boring and there are so many of them, um, I'm going to pick a couple of games every week that I think Pac-12 casuals and the broader public would be interested in watching um, and I think are important for the conference. Uh, we'll do our picks and do our records based on those games only. So, I've done that. Only two games this week that I think would interest Pac-12 casuals. First game I went with, an obvious one, I think, number four, Villanova, traveling to Westwood to play number two, UCLA. Uh, they tip off at 8.30 Pacific on Friday. 8.30 still gets me that they're doing this at 8.30 Pacific, 11.30 Eastern. Um, who's going to watch that except us? Um, 8.30 Pacific on Friday, November 12th. This is a top five matchup, uh, so obviously a must-watch game. Big test for the conference early. Grapes, who you got? Um, definitely UCLA. We are going Pac-12 supremacy here. UCLA is the best team in the country, and they will win this one. Go Bruins! Yeah. yeah, we don't have a line. We don't have lines out yet for this game. I feel like they come out super late, unless somebody else has, has found one. But uh, yeah, give me UCLA. I think um, they're locked in. They looked really good tonight. They have a ton of talent now. Villanova also talented, also very experienced. Um, don't know how locked in they're going to be. Last time I checked on Ken Palm. UCLA has a 64% chance of winning this game. That might change by tomorrow morning when we get all the numbers in. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with UCLA. Matt. I should have asked about fan culture passing over. Uh, Carlos still being extremely uh, emotional hedging um, (laughs) about a UCLA sports team. Um, I will also go UCLA because I've watched UCLA play and I have not watched Villanova play, so they do not exist. (laughs) Beat the team that does not exist. Exactly. (laughs) Greg. Uh. I was going to pick uh, Villanova just because I didn't want to pick UCLA in every game they played this year, but uh, I really think UCLA might just be like the most complete team in the country. Just they have everything you need to be to be good. They've got a point guard. They've got wings. They've got defense. They've got interior defense. They've got shooting. They're just really, really hard to play against, and I think that is going to be too much for Villanova to handle so I've got UCLA by like 10 yeah I'm, I was struggling to figure out what the what the point differential will be I don't know it might be close it's in it's in Westwood it should it's in be Poly- close and I feel yeah. like a homer even a Pac-12 homer for saying but it, but it is in Poly. it is in Poly it, Pavilion it's in LA um it's very cool it's really cool Matt you brought this up a few weeks ago very cool that Villanova decided to go ahead and do that uh game and do a do a true road game instead of doing one of these. Uh, oh, goodness, yes. Yeah. Speaking of the next game not being a true road game. Yeah. But yeah especially well, if Cronin yes. has got the buy-in that we think he does, and those guys are going to play hard. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're going to have a hard time losing games this year. 
Yeah, so maybe some of interest to the people on here. Our second game, BYU traveling to Portland. This game is playing played not in Matthew Knight Arena, but uh, which is Oregon's home, but instead the Rose Garden Arena, or what used to be the Rose Garden Arena. I don't know what they call it anymore. Uh, the home of the Portland Trailblazers. Anyway, uh, BYU is traveling to play Oregon. Um, another good test for what people think is the league's second best team. A uh, good test for what I think is the third best team. Matt, who you got? I'm extremely committed to the bit of never picking BYU ever. Go Oregon. Is this <laughs> game on Tuesday? Uh, this game is on Tuesday. Is it next Tuesday? No, I think... Yeah, uh, Tuesday the 16th is okay. this week, right? Yeah. Dates are hard. Dates are hard. Well, uh, I, I think I'm going to pick... Yeah, I'm going to pick Oregon. Um... I don't know. I don't know anything about BYU. UCLA beat the shit out of them last year. They're a truck stop. I don't care. Um, don't care. Oregon, is, Oregon is almost <laughs> certainly more talented. We do not care. Le- let's go. <laughs> Greg. Um, first and foremost, fuck BYU. Uh, but um, Will Richardson is very good at basketball. And he looked good today. Uh-huh. We didn't talk he about him, but he looked really good. He was four of eight from three. Just efficient game for him. But... Uh, Alex Barcelo, BYU's point guard, also very good, but uh, fuck him. Oregon's going to win. Definitely <laughs> never heard of him. <laughs> Grapes. Um, so BYU only beat Cleveland State by 10 points today. Um, that's the Cleveland State Vikings, if anyone was wondering. <laughs> My favorite Vikings mascot. Far- oh, we didn't do Roadrunner discourse. Damn uh, it. Roadrunner's Roadrunner confirmed not real. Yeah, yeah. no. Birds aren't real, y'all. They proved that. Yeah, if they were real, they're not anymore. Anyways, BYU... No. BYU's not going to win. They could barely beat Cleveland State. Um, I'm kind of annoyed... What Vikings were going through Cleveland? That's what I want. <laughs> I'm kind of annoyed that this is a neutral site. I mean, I guess it's closer to Oregon, but it's still technically not at home for Oregon. Like, why did they agree to this? College athletics should never beat a neutral site ever. I, I don't... It, it makes no sense. It's silly. Big agree. It's very silly. Um, okay. All right. So we got a clean sweep. Everyone thinks we're, we're going all Pac-12 in this week's game. That will Good go great. That I'm always sure. works out really well for us. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Never clearly. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's basketball season. Turn away that football uh, pessimism that doesn't belong here. <laughs> all right. That was it. This has been our basketball podcast. Um, we will get back to football on our typical schedule Monday morning. Um, as always, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Truck Stops Pod. Send us an email with your questions, casual or diehard questions, whatever you've got for us at No Truck Stops Podcast at gmail.com. For Avery at Brave underscore Grapes, Greg at Bananamorphs, and Matt at Matt Nybertson. I'm at Nybert's now just using now just using your made up name They'll that we find made him. for you. At Matt Nyber. I am Carlos at Equity Bruin. Remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one, just a couple of academically prowesses. There we go. <laughs> Rumors still and thick with smoke. So picking makes your choke. Crowdfiles in the coffee's kicking in my patience to everything. Said I'm lonelier than a single sax on a quiet city street. Things aren't always green on the sunny side of the street.